Hey, what's going on? It's Kyle George. And I'm Roddy Harris. And this is a different angle. Brother, as always, how you feeling? Doing pretty good, man. Um, just a long week, a little fatigued. We're doing everything we can yep. to make it through these wild times and these wild days. But Absolutely. We got to come together. We got to try our best to stand up and go back to back with each other. Right. Because if we lean each other, keep each other up, we're going to be all right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, there's, there's been a lot. We've had some special guests on for the last few episodes, but today's just us, brother. And this topic has been touched on. We've we've spoken about it off air and trying to decide if we should talk about it, uh, ramifications, things like that. But it is a very important topic, um, not only for us as black men, uh, black fathers, but just people in general, just, you know, people walking the streets, living, living um, in this country. And with that being said, today we're going to be talking about um, events where there has been police brutality and how it affects us, like I said earlier, as as men in general and the effects on our mental health. Yeah, and I want to make this very clear. We're going to be diving into some things. I want to make this a point. This is not an anti-anything show. This is a show that's just going to enlighten and open some eyes on the perspective of two black male individuals. And we're not we're not going against any law enforcement. We're not going to right. we're not bashing anyone. We're just telling you from our point of view, um, living in the skin and living in the situation. Our entire life, <laughs> all yeah. right, being born in the situations that we're in, kind of not having a head start for a lot of a lot for a lot of reasons because of the systematic things that's in this country. Right. Um, we have to be aware that there are people that's not gonna like what we have to say. And that's Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But these things need to be talked about today. Yeah, and and we once again, you know, we we spoke about this going in coming into this episode and I'm pretty sure you've also asked you know maybe some of your close friends or family how they felt about us speaking about it I know I have and um I think they were in agreement when when we said that it, it it's just a topic that needs to be spoken about mm-hmm. um so I just want to start off with um 2020 the pandemic had just hit and we uh, saw the news of George Floyd. Now, I'm not getting into logistics. All I know is that no matter what happened in the past, in a man's life, in a person's life, there are times where they are still mistreated. And, you know, some of these people weren't perfect, but there were too many times where things went over the line. Essentially, you know, we have a lot of different names, one being Breonna Taylor, which we'll jump into a little later um, as being two two fathers. Um, It's a scary thought. But well, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. You're right. It's it's petrifying. Petrifying. Yeah. So. uh, So I was working in Jersey at the time when all of that went down and I had a boss. Um, who came and kind of was asking us, I don't understand 
necessary not not why people were up in arms but she didn't understand the house on fire so when i say that i'm what i mean to say is that there was a quote where so when when a fire when there's a fire going on the fire department doesn't come to the block and spray down the entire block they spray down the one house that's on fire maybe the two houses that's on fire and at that time even though it does feel more often than not at least in my opinion that that fire just so happened to be African Americans, blacks, however you want to put it. That house was on fire dramatically. And it was very difficult for people to understand why we were so angry. As a as a as a thirty five year old black male, um I we I believe I said this at the beginning of the episode, some a lot of my experiences haven't been bad experiences. Um, when it comes to police or things like that. Have I been nervous? Absolutely. Because you just don't know. And and it's just so difficult to imagine, you know, not being here just because people had bad days. And sadly, that happens every day, whether you're a cop or not. You know, it can happen, truly happen to anybody at any given moment. Um, Joker, Joker said, it only takes one bad day, one bad moment to completely flip the switch, to completely flip the script. And I I wholeheartedly believe that. Sometimes it just takes that one little nudge to drive a person crazy, if you will. And it sucks and it's sad, but, you know, it's kind of the world we live in. And I think the more people understand that, the more things might be a little easier on a mental, in my opinion, uh, it's it's about changing, you know, we spoke about changing your mindset, you know, and it, it's just really hard. It's really hard to to not worry about even just stepping out of the door, you know, and and traveling. You know, we I still come from South Jersey. You know, you come from, uh, from Long Island and, you know, we both grew up in in New York, in New York City. And uh, it's just, it's crazy to think, you know, yes, anything can happen at any given day, but it's crazy to think that something of that nature can happen at any given day. Absolutely. And there's so much things that we can we, we can do, dive into as far as us as a people. You know, we go through this life and this society not understanding that past trauma still follows within our within our within our race absolutely and we still carry those traumas with us no matter where we go yeah um i don't know about anybody else but i know in my household as a young black male growing up in a white neighborhood right i had to be told that you do what you got to do to come home i was taught what to do when a cop stops me. I was taught these things. And a lot of my friends would ask me, why did your dad tell you that? Well, because he wants me to be safe was always the answer right. that I gave. But as I got older, because your parents don't have to teach you that. Yeah. Because the rules are different for me than it is for you. Absolutely. I had to learn that the hard way. Um, so my encounter with law enforcement was not very pleasant as a teenager. Right. Um, it always it wasn't always the greatest, and 
keep in mind, I knew a lot of cops. I knew I had a lot of cops that yeah, were my same. parents' friends. Same I had, here. So, and, and it's hard for me to view law enforcement or any type of authority in a negative light when you have friends that are in authority or in law enforcement or in any type of authority figure. So it's difficult to look at them as a whole and say, hey, man, your group of people is screwing up, bro. Talk to them. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because we we have to... We can't take one bad apple and have it ruin, ruin it for everyone. Mm-hmm. What we got to do is pick out those bad apples and make sure those bad apples don't be bad apples no more. Right. And we also have to change the system up in which we get better better education, better training, better understanding of these streets and the people that's on them yeah. and the communities that you're going into. Um, you can't fault someone for being scared on their first day on the job when you're throwing them in the worst neighborhood right. possible. When they never fired a gun before, they never had to apprehend anybody before, they've never been talked to in a certain kind of way before, Yeah, you don't know what you're walking into. And especially not even knowing, you know, the neighborhood, the history of the neighborhood, yeah. things like that. That's important also. I've always heard, you know, why aren't the cops from the neighborhood protecting the neighborhood? Because they understand, they understand, you know, mm-hmm. Queensbridge, for instance, you know, and and excuse me, folks, if you're out of state, out of towners, you know, but you got to use references that you know. Yeah, five boroughs. <laughs> five boroughs, right? You know, so, this is new in, within New York, New York City. City. We're talking about, but in Queens, right next to the 59th Street Bridge, is Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous artists like Nas and Mob Deep are from there. Um, by artists, we mean hip hop artists. Let me specify. Um, but, you know, I, I used to hang out there in high school. I had friends there. I went to high school right in Long Island City. It wasn't far at all. It was just a walk. And for the most part, the cops were cool. I, I, like I said, my experiences are much different than some, a lot of my peers, um, a lot of my family members. And exactly what you said about the bad apple, man. It's The thing is that that quote definitely goes both ways. It's It's, you know speaking about the police enforcement and speaking about our people because sometimes the bad apple ruins the bunch and once you experience a lot of the time once people experience that bad angle of of everything that's their view you know first time impressions type thing yeah yeah when you look at our look at our community and what we need to step up and do is we we pride ourselves on knocking each other down yeah Instead of priding ourselves on standing up with each other, we look at every other culture around in New York City because New York City is a melting pot. Absolutely. You have all different color, colors, creeds, race, religions. religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everyone stays to – some people like to say everyone stays to their own. Right. You know, everyone has their own little niche doing their own little thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, oh, we got to copy Chinatown and have Blacktown. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm not saying that we have to have Little Italy. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we have those communities all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we see a lot of the neighborhoods get gentrified. Right. Which I don't mind. I don't <laughs> just bring in a new. Oh, only, when rent, only when rent goes sky high. Yeah, that's, rent, that's, what I, that's what I mind. But <laughs> Rent and milk and eggs, when that yeah. jumps up, it's an issue. But it's a problem. I, yeah, I don't see the issue in it either, honestly. But, but sometimes a lot of these, a lot of our people in our culture never seen a Starbucks before. It's true. You know, never seen a pub and grill before. You know, yeah. they, they have those in Williamsburg. They have those mm-hmm. in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn now. So those just to name a few. But 
we as a people need to start banding together to grow as a people. Yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of these cultures stick together. So when you walk down Chinatown and you just say you wanted to be somebody that wanted to mess with one of the, the Chinese people from their culture, mm-hmm. guarantee somebody from the shop is going to come out there and now they got a whole crew against you. Yeah. When it comes to us, it's, oh, look at what they're doing over there. Yep. Oh, man, then they had it again. I'm just going to about my business. Yep. But wait a minute, hold on a second. That's a, that's a part of your that's a person that's part of your community. Let's stand up for them. And, and and I think part of it is also that exact thing is just you know I'm going to protect mine, and it, it's so weird because we understand that aspect, that thought process of I got to protect my family and my friends. If y'all going to go over there and act crazy, then that's on y'all. But it all depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's you know, picking your battles. You do that with everything, with every aspect of life. You have to pick your battles. When you go, when, when if somebody is in the wrong, you can call them out, especially if you know them. You know what I'm saying? You can call them out on a bullshit. But be ready for whatever's coming next. It's it's just it's so weird, man. I'm, and I want to I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that when a cop approaches you and asks, "Did you see anything?" I see nothing. I'm not saying that that not to do that no more. Or I'm not. That's your choice. If you choose to not see nothing, that's fine. Yeah. But if you feel like what's happening is impacting your community in a negative way, like the dealing of drugs or or or, arm, or arms dealing or gang violence or anything like that, what are we gonna do? Because you, if you're relying on Hire country executives to do it, like your president of the United States or your mayor or your governor. That's not going to happen. What you need to do is start attacking those things locally because local is what's really going to get an impact. That chairman that's on the board somewhere and a county legislator, you need to start attacking those things. And you want change in your community, you need to make that change politically and make start making some noise, start rattling some cages, yeah. start not going to places, start not giving your vote out to certain individuals. Right. And say, until you change this, this is when you earn my vote. Yeah, so, definitely. And and it's not only just political too. It's, oh no. We really do just gotta stay together. I don't I don't you know, I've heard so many times that we're the only ones that that don't stick together. And that's hard. You know, that that's hard because it's like you do. You do want to stick together and we 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 got to at the end of the day we got to stop tearing each other down because that that makes it that makes everybody else look at us and say, well, if they're doing it, we can do it. And that's not and that's not true. And Going back to the George Floyd situation, right? Yeah, and that's just one of few, few, one, one of, of many, many yeah. one of many, and it's not so few anymore, right? That's one thing that I, I, I want to state. Every, everybody always used to bring up to me when I bring these things up about police brutality or excessive force. Oh, Roddy, but these cases are so it's so little. It's very few cases. No, I, I'm telling you, it's happening across the board. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about my community because that's what I know. I'm, I can't speak on everybody else, but I'm pretty sure it's happening to other people too. But I can speak to my community because that's what I'm that's what I'm around. That's why that's who I am. I know it's happening to us. I've witnessed it happen to us. Yeah, I've grown up with it happening to us. I've seen it all around me. 
like the, the, when that happened, my blood was boiling. Mm-hmm. When you, when as a as a young African American in his twenties, in the situation that I'm in, being married to somebody that's in an interracial marriage, about to have an interracial child, right? That's something I wanted and to yo, get to. A blunt, almost, almost like a. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a mixed family. Yeah. So much tension going around, especially people. Certain people in the family, law enforcement. Certain people in the family have certain kind of views. It can get messy, and especially when you're in the house and you're nothing to do. Right. And this is the center or topic of conversation. So I had a lot of people like you approach me. And say, Rodney, I don't understand. Why is everybody outraged? I had a priest come up to me and brought me on his podcast because he wanted to know why are people upset? Why are people of color upset? Yeah. And I said, well, first off, we're upset because this is a constant thing that goes on all the time. Absolutely. You cannot sit here and tell me it's not happening. Stop acting blind to the fact it's happening out here, folks. Right. And now you can sit here and tell me all those guys are just doing their job. There's a way to do your job. Yeah. Okay, there's a way to do your job. It's restraint. It's You can restrain somebody without killing them. Absolutely. You know, and and sadly it seems, you know, a lot of the news, you know, whenever you watch the news, uh, there is a lot of negativity in the news. And I'm not bashing the news. It's just that there's a lot of negativity in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, but it hurts. It, it it legitimately hurts when you look, and then you have a situation where there's a Breonna Taylor who was just in her room mm. sleeping, and they got the wrong house. Wrong house, wrong and, credentials, wrong. Yep. The whole situation was a mess. And 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 then you look on the other side and then you have school killings, school shootings where you know sometimes they don't they don't fire on the shooter but they'll take him down, they'll restrain him, but he'll make it out. That's that's where the disconnect is. That those are the times where we we get up in arms and we get angry. Because how can you do this to somebody who has killed children, but yet someone walking down the block or someone telling you that they can't breathe and you want to put your your knee on somebody's neck, on somebody's airway, when it's screaming, someone's screaming for their mother because they know they're not going to make it because of the way they're being treated and handled. That's where the problem lies. Mm. Speaking about Brianna, us as black fathers, us as fathers, period, I don't think any parent wants to see their child go before them. Absolutely not. And, you know, I know our parents told us that and, you know, we haven't told our children that because they are they are still very young. But never, never in a million years would you think. And to be a parent and see that happen or hear about it happening is so frightening. Um, you know, so many parents had to had to bury their children even within the last 
three years, four years. And it's just been going, it's been a constant. And it just hurt. And it it hurts at the end of the day. That's, I think that's, that's one of the points that I want to get across. We're angry because we're hurt. We're not angry for the sake of being angry. We're not angry because the man is trying to hold us down. No. We're not angry because we're not getting reparations or anything. I wouldn't mind it. But, <laughs> you know, like, we're angry because we're hurt. Yeah, the hurt is real. For those of you who think that we're just walking around here just angry black men and women, that's that's not how it works. And that stereotype needs to get thrown out the window. Yeah. Um we're 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 upset and up at arms because we this is what we see in our neighborhoods time and time again. Let alone the game violence within our own community. Let alone the violence within our own community it doesn't even have to be gang. It could be domestic. Nope. It could be anything. Bad enough, we got to see that in our own community. Now we have now we go on the news and we see it being painted on the television. Now we have to see it through law enforcement. Now we have to. See, do you understand? That's constant trauma we're just seeing constantly, constantly, constantly. I don't know how anybody else is not walking around here angry. Yeah, that's that's my point. I don't I don't understand how I'm I'm black and I'm walking around here angry, but I don't know how the common man that's not black not walking around here angry after seeing what he sees. Yeah, there should be more people angry after seeing what they see that goes on in these streets. It just it just drives me nuts how we get it's like black people get labeled as. The crazy people, all the people are wild. Right. You know, we had government officials label us as as monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, we were like for the longest time, we were only three fifths of a man. Still to this day. You know, we. So remember, we 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 were we were according to from a former first lady, we would we were we were predators. Yeah. You understand our current president of the United States, nobody ever talks about the 94 crime bill and his whole Senate speech, but you can go look it up and watch the whole thing. Yeah. It cuts me to my core because there's some people still sitting in prison to this day because due to it. that bill. Yeah. But he will never address it. And I don't think he's in a mental capacity to address it, but that's another that's so, another story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to ask him those type of questions right now because it's, that, that might bring up something that might trigger something for him. Yep. I don't know, like, but but those people were affected by that. Not saying that these streets needed to be cleaned up, but they did. But there was a way to go about it, right? You know, I, we got affected by that. Yes. Even though people don't really really realize that, we got affected by that because we were kids and we're walking around the streets and we get stopped randomly for random right. things. So for New stop York, and frisk, get up. right? Exactly. In New York, like, there was something called stop and frisk that went on for quite some time. And it was exactly what it was. They could stop anybody for any reason. Granted, still can, but now it was within the law. And just for for nothing. And there were so many mistakes made that people's lives were ruined. Families were split apart because of it. Um, Something you m- mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on is the interracial mm. um, dating or, you know, in your case, marriage. During that time, during the pandemic, I was also in an interracial relationship. And I spoke to my mom. Check out that episode if you haven't. Um, But I spoke to my mom, and she told me, as a black mother, it's hard not to worry about you when you're driving with your girlfriend Cause you don't know, 
You can be pulled over. Cop could be having a bad day and just not like what he sees. And it can literally be that simple. And there has been occasions where that was the case. Um, before I get to the question, there was one more thing. Even us as fathers, you know, being pulled over, things like that. We've seen fathers, specifically black fathers, get shot right in front of their children, in the car, in front of their wives. That type of thing is scary. I ne- I would never want I would never want my family to witness that ever. Um but to my question how because I'm pretty sure that was also a worry for your parents. Um pretty sure that was a worry for your wife's parents. How did you feel about it? For a moment I had to I had to gather myself because I knew I was already angry and it's almost like the first first encounter with law enforcement part, and at this time, and we're talking about the height of everything where, where movements were going on, marches were happening, people, yeah. things are in full effect. And it just felt like a snowball of just one after another yep. after another. And it was like, are we getting picked off? Like, yep. what, is, what is going on? Like, and, and it just kept happening. It felt like every week it was someone new. Exactly. And I remember saying to myself, Am I like I could be next? Look at where I live. Let's just say I'm 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 out late and I'm just trying to get home. What? Let's just say that I'm just going to Seven Eleven go pick up something to drink. Let's just say that because that's in some of these cases that's how simple it is. Walking a dog, that simple. Playing with a toy gun in the park. Like we're we're talking we're we're, we're, we're we're talking simple things. Chasing your child in the yard, just jogging down the street and just checking out a minding your damn business, <laughs> just jogging down the street. Period. Just jogging down the street. Period. So you know it, it's crazy, and those are, those examples that we just gave are examples of individuals who lost their life just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. Minding their own business. You know, and that could be me. But, you know, being in a relationship with, inter- with, with a, uh, I know, bro, I know, I know. Sorry, if I'm, y'all, if I'm y'all heated, can't. I'm heated right now. <laughs> and my if, so, y'all, if y'all can't watch it, I'm actually oh, tearing up a little. And, I was just before. Yeah, and, and um, it, it, we knew that this was going to be an extremely heavy topic to talk about. So I'm, I'm, we're both here trying to gain our composure. It, it's hard. It's like I said, this is we need to talk about it. Yeah, because it, it's it's coming up around the corner. Of, we got different anniversaries coming up for people. Yeah, and and um, my prayers go out to families. My prayers go out to those who have to live with this for the rest of their life, knowing that that person ain't walking through that door no more. Yeah, um, let it be your son. Let it be your daughter. Let it be your nephew, mother, your grandson, father. uncle, whatever it is to you. Man, my prayers go out to you, you know. And you can look at me in the face, oh, well, variety people die every day. But not like this. This is different. You know, it, it's, it's so hard not to acknowledge the fact that, hey, man, Rodney, you're in an interracial relationship. You kind of put yourself in that situation. No, I love who I love. Yep. 
Why should that even matter to some people? But once again, we live in a country where prejudices and racism still exist. It never went away. It's never. I don't think it ever going to go away. But I, because there's always going to be something. Yes. If it's not racism, it's it's some certain prejudices that you have against person. A person can be just wearing blue shirts. It could be a stigma against blue shirts. Yep. In all this country, and people can be just like, I don't like you because you wear a blue shirt all the time. Okay, you know what blue shirts mean in this country? Like that's how small it can be. But but this is humans. Right. This is who we are. We're those kind of creatures. Yeah. But we have the ability and the education to stop to do those. We don't have to do those things. We don't have to. So when we talk, when I look at when I look at my wife, and I say, "Man, she doesn't know the half of the things I've seen and been through." But you better get prepared because you're about to give birth to a black child. Yep. And the number one thing, we, me and my brother sat her down and told her, and my whole family did. It was like, one day you're gonna have to sit down and have that conversation with your daughter. Absolutely. The same conversation my dad had with me. And I have to tell my daughter, and you have to understand that if the if the cops or any type of law enforcement pulls your daughter over or stops her somewhere, she knows exactly what to do Yep, to do everything to come home. And whatever happens after that, mommy and daddy will handle. Yeah. You don't try to be a hero. You don't try to handle it yourself. Right. You do what you got to do to come home. Yep. And on top of that, she's not going to be looked at as a white child. Yep. I was just about to, I was so just about to say that. If something's going down, you're going to hear this. Dispatcher got two... Black teens. Mm-hmm. Not specifying Latino. Nope. Don't tell them. I have Dominican friends just as dark as me. Yeah. Say two, four black males. Actually, I'm the only black male. Right. These two are Latin. Right. You're going. They just, they <laughs> tend to just jump to the conclusion, even if you know, because I've heard, I've heard stories, where, some of my best friends, you could tell they're not of African-American descent or African descent, however you want to put it. You can tell. It's obvious. The features are, are, are as plain as day. and But that's not how it's seen all the time. But you know what? There's a big part that needs to be said here, too. That's about training. Yeah. That's about what's being taught. See, my belief, uh, to, to my belief in this, in this, in this city is that it's too easy to become a cop. Absolutely. I think that 60 credits, f- forget the college credit thing. Well, to me, the college credit thing doesn't make any sense. Why do I need to have a degree to become a cop? It just doesn't make any sense. Forget about the 60 credits. Because at that rate, I can just go some, go to school online and say, I got my law, liberal arts degree and go, go to the academy. Yep. How about instead of asking for a two-year degree, how about you put them through two years of academy training? Absolutely. And I'm not talking about just sitting in the room doing some exercises and no, 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 no. I want full thoroughbred training within certain communities in which you're going to drop them off at. Yep. Get Let them know who the community is. Let them know what they're about to walk into. Right. A lot of these cases, a lot, some of them are with, with veteran cops, but most of them are with a lot of young cops that have been on the force for X amount of years, probably less than five. We had a big case down in Brooklyn where the young man just pulled out his gun, fired out of fear. Yeah. And killed a gentleman in the stairwell. Yeah. He was, a, he was a young cop just fearing because of where he was. He's not used to that area. You can't throw a rookie cop in the middle of Brownsville and pink houses. Yep. You can't do that. Absolutely. Are you crazy? And shout out, and, and this isn't all negative, so I don't want this episode to be all negative. 
First off, I want to shout out the cops who have stopped other cops mm. from from doing wrong because there have been a lot of lives saved because of that. So let's not let's not dismiss that point because there are a lot of cops. You said you know you have a you know a lot of cops in the family, friends. Same here. I've I've trained with with people in the military, uh, law enforcement. You know, and talk about martial arts. Um, you know, growing up. I had I have family members who were NYPD and they were great cops, like amazing cops. And the thing that I want people to understand is you have to look at those good cops and the term of good cop, but like they, they most people that bend the needle tend to say, hey, what you doing, man? Yeah. You got to steal that bag of chips out of the store? Come on. Come on, Joseph. I know your mother, Joseph. Right, Watch right. you grow up. To- yeah. Most of the time, they know the people in the community. Yep. And they have a relationship. I've seen cops stop their car, stop the patrol car, seen kids playing ball in the middle of the street. Yeah. Yo, let me get a pass in. I was just thinking you know, about that. We had cops. Some of the cops that used to be by my neighborhood mm-hmm. used to stop. We used to play basketball in the street. Still do. Some of them would pull over. Yo, the detectives, they used to pull over. Yo, let me get a shot. If I make it, I make it. Hold on, hold on. And whatever the case. But some people, some people were cool. Yeah. And some were like shaky. Yeah. You know, and some did try to go a little ham because they have that, that position of power. Right. And some people do are on a power trip, and I believe that never a lot of, of no professions. Oh yeah, any sense of oh, power. Yeah. Man, I'm in management. Any sense of power, you start to get a little bit. You start to feel yourself and, a little bit. And the scary part, not only just jobs, but in in, I hate the word. I hate saying urban communities. Like I hate that terminology. But I feel like that's the only way, people who aren't us understand it and I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that. Absolutely. But in urban communities a lot of the time it's once you put your hand on that gun there's the power. The power goes straight to your head and you feel invincible. Well, you can't stop a bullet, well, dog. Sometimes you can don't even have to put your hand on the gun. The fact that that steel is on your hip. Yeah, that's true. The feeling of having that steel on your hip, you feel like there's nothing that can stop you. Yeah. I'm, I got my bulletproof vest on. I'm good. And I, like I said, I know a lot of cops, man. I had a lot of good conversations with them during this time. Yeah. And some of them, but one of them very close to me, left the force on to do other things. And that's that's their choice. Right. Some of them still there. And I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy to say that none of them ever got into an incident in which they were caught up against it. Yeah. And on top of that, they all made it home because there was a time where we were angry as a country mm-hmm. and things were happening. Yes, sir. Let's call it what it was. The city was upside down. Yes, sir. And one of my one of my dear, closest and dearest friends, hopefully we get home soon because I would love to love for her to speak upon this. I'm an activist in the community here in New York and also in Georgia now. So she's done she's done tr- tremendous community work at trying to get everybody together and really push for people to be to be put in a better position to defend themselves as a community. Yeah. So she does tremendous work. Hopefully we can get her on soon. But um 
the biggest thing that it comes down to is, look, each one teach one. If you're a veteran in law enforcement and you see something going down, you see one of these young cops getting on a power no, calm, calm that down, bro. Okay, twenty five years. Yeah, five minutes. Okay, there's a big difference. Yeah, and even vice versa. You know, when you have somebody who has been in on the force for twenty five years, and then you have that rookie, and the rookie sees that said person is acting a type of way, and we've seen stories on that too. You know, the internet can be a horrible place at times, but a lot of the time it. It does also show some amazing situations, and to see like a rookie stop a a a, 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 a like, season. Thank you, thank you, the season vet. You know that shows so much strength and stride because it doesn't matter of your position. It's the fact that you are another human being. You're breathing. You're living. You're we 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 we're the same. We have the same color blood inside and out. So I believe just like you. It doesn't matter what color what color blues you got on. Nope. Don't matter what color what how big the gun you got in your hip. Yep. It don't matter what bulletproof vest you got on. I bleed just like you. Yeah. Treat me like a human being the same way I would treat you if I saw you in the street. Right. Just because you have a uniform on, bro, doesn't change anything about you. You're the same guy that got in that woke up that morning, got in that car, and yep. you're the same guy that's gonna punch out and get in your car to go home. Now I'm not mad at at the people who do feel some kind of way about cops, who have had these experiences and have been angry, I'm I'm not mad at you guys. Oh, you know uh, what I say is for the th- this statement is for the people who haven't dealt with it as much, like myself. I've I've been lucky enough to not deal with that often. Lucky. Is being the key word because I, I I could have been anybody. You could have been anybody. You know, we, we could have been anyone. Sadly, at in this day and age, it's it's just another statistic. But don't say these derogatory terms or phrases if you haven't experienced it. You can be angry, mm-hmm. be upset. I'm angry, I'm upset. But a lot a lot of these people are just trying to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just just like we try to do ours, they're trying to do their jobs also. Not everybody. And I understand it's difficult to not be mad at all of them. But not everybody has it out for you. I, I've taught my daughter to wave, to say hi to the police. Because... Their job is to protect and serve. And I'm not saying that their job ain't stressful either. Oh, it stuff, has to be stuff, stressful. Stuff I see them deal with down at Penn Station. Oh, my God. The stuff I see them deal with in these streets is crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. And New Yorkers ain't the easiest people to deal with. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not, we're not and, I, and I get that. I get it. It's not. true. It's true. And since the pandemic, has been a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Because a lot of people got real laxed. Yep. And chill and they think everything's cool but no you got to get back on your grind we got to be on our p's and q's absolutely in the city and um everybody's feels like everybody's on edge 
um, from events that stemmed 20 plus years ago. Yeah. You know, ever since that particular day, I think New Yorkers have taken on a brand new feel. Yeah. And say, no, we always going to be on our, on our, on our toes now. Yeah. Walking uh, on eggshells. Yeah. And like, we got to, we got to, it don't have to be a minefield. No. I can just go on and live your life, but you got to just be mindful of the things around you. That's it. Right. The biggest story that I, and I hear you, I was hearing you bringing up your, your experience saying that you were lucky, man. It, I don't want you to say you, you, you want to feel lucky. You don't have to feel lucky. It could have been, it could happen to anybody. Cause it just, because it didn't happen to you, two people that you would probably had the worst. Don't ever feel like you're lucky. Um, and just, just you're, you're, you're fortunate. Yeah. That you never had to run into a situation. Thank God that you put yourself in good situations yeah. sometimes to to not have to have those type of encounters. And when you did have an encounter, you knew exactly what to say and you knew exactly what to do. Look, man, I, I, I'll i I'll tell the story if I may. Sure. I'm planning on telling mine right after yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I was in high school, and at my high school, it was a charter school, so we had uh, half a days every Wednesday. Awesome. Went to Astoria. Like I said, high school is in Long Island City. Queensbridge isn't far. Astoria is not far at all. So we went over to Astoria, went to the movie theaters over there, and we saw Doom, my boy and I. Um, shout out to the greatest wrestler of all time. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but no, seriously, we saw Doom, then we're going back to Queensbridge, just walking back, and we get stopped. Now... I don't know what was going on, but my boy always said to me that at that particular moment, I was the one who had the asshole cop, but it was always him. He was always getting the asshole cop. And I was scared out of my mind because I wasn't used to that, because I wasn't accustomed to it. This is 16. I'm 16 at this point. And I was terrified because I truly, just like you said, I didn't know if I was going to get home. And I don't know how it would have been for my parents or or my siblings. Thankfully, it was nothing too much. But what always got me was, um, and I'm just doing the voice. This isn't how old boy sounded, but um, there was a uh, description of of uh, two two young black males uh, with uh, jeans and backpacks, um, and. Uh, White T-shirts, and and we were just checking in to see if uh, where were you? What were you doing? Why aren't you in school? And we told him everything. Told him what we're gonna do? Lie? We went to the movies, man. Like we have a half a day of school. Like that's just how it is. And that's that's a reason why mom mom didn't want me wearing white T-shirts because at the time. That was the like the description of Every everybody. Black team. Every New all of City. us. Baggy pants. Mind you, this is the mid two thousands. Early like getting to the mid two thousand, two thousand and four, I wanna say. Baggy pants. Baggy pants. Uh, yo. And a white tee that's three times. And a baggy YC or or <laughs> snowman shirts. Nah, oh god, the snowman shirts. Oh, god, nah, bro, snow. the constellation shirts. That was <laughs> those were the Good shirts. Green. So if y'all remember that, because I know these are New York staples or Tim's. Or Tim's. Th- or these Tim's, were yeah. the New York staples in 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 that. You know, early to mid two thousands. Um, that's what it was, or or I should say, late nineties to mid two thousands. 
But once again, my point is, is you know, I know you say that it, it, it it's it's the use the term fortunate over lucky, but I say lucky because not because of me, but because of them, because of their decisions to not do something at that time. Fair. Fair. Uh, look, your your situation. Light work. <laughs> Light. No, 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 no. Yours is kind of like mine. The only difference is nighttime. Um, oh, okay. So we're walking back. And if anybody knows Queens, it's very twisted area. Is it? Oh, um, man. Street, boulevard, lane. <laughs> so where I grew up, um, predominantly mixed neighborhood, depending on where you go. Glendale was more of yes. the white side of the neighborhood, yeah. and Ridgewood was more of the melting pot. And then from Ridgewood goes into Bushwick, and then we're, yeah. we're going deeper into Brooklyn from there. Right, so right. when growing up in – so my group, my girlfriend at the time lived in Glendale. Mm-hmm. I'm walking back home about 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm walking back home with my buddy. My buddy and I just talking. I'm texting – my girlfriend, while I'm walking, that time I had a sidekick, I had two phones. I had a sidekick and I had a flip phone. Those are the days. I, and trust me, I didn't have two phones for a reason. Don't get funny. <laughs> um, I, just my parents had my, my family plan phone and then my yeah. sidekick I paid for myself. Yeah. A dollar a day for AIM. And, you know, can't be mad at it. Can't, can't, can't be, be upset. So I was a working kid. I always worked. I always had a job. I always had some type of making some type of income. So I was able to pay for it myself. Yeah. And... Walking home, we get right to a intersection, which is a real common intersection in that area. We're about stop and shop parking lot, underpass on one side. Keep in mind the precinct isn't too yeah, it isn't too far from where we were. Yeah. The one um I don't mind coming near the precinct. I don't know the more blessed. Um but the precinct's not too far. So we know, all right, we kind of good. Once we get across the street, we're we going to be we, we, home free. Yeah. Before we can even step foot on the street, a all-black Crown Vic just rolls up right in front of us. Damn, they almost rolls over our feet. Get up, put your hands in the air. So my buddy puts his hands in the air. I put my hands in the air. I still got my flip phone in my hand because my sidekick's on my hip mm-hmm. in the holster. And he's screaming, drop whatever's in your hand. Keep in mind, guns are out now. Yep. Drop whatever's in your hand, they say it a second time. Now, me, I never had a gun pointed at me before. So I'm going to say the shock. Yeah. I heard the gun cock. And I immediately dropped my hand. Just I don't know if it was God or or my or my guardian angel was with me at that moment. Yep. Because my hand just opened up and my, my flip phone fell out of my hand and scattered all over the street. Battery went that way, back to the phone, went the other way, pushed me up against a telephone pole, had my face pressed up against the pole, gun to my back. Yeah. Searching my pockets, everything. My buddy is standing next to me. You put your hands down. Keep in mind, my buddy does not, he's not black. He happened to be white. And my buddy's now going off at the mouth because that's who he is. Yep. Why'd you stop us? What would what, what, you stop us for? Uh, he, they're not answering him. I was like, officer, can you tell us what he's not? Shut up. So I got to shut up, and I got a gun to my back. Mm-hmm. I'm now I'm now getting upset. Now I'm heated because 
first one you gotta go, you got this gun literally pointed to my lower back. You're you're searching my pockets. I now now I just feel like my personal space is getting violated. I'm 16 years old. I don't like I don't know how I never had this situation happen before. Right. But my buddy has had encounters with law enforcement before because he he's a wild boy. That's how he was. <laughs> I was the calm side. He was the he was the fire. So he's jumping up and down, yelling, screaming. Why y'all stop us? I want to know right now. I want badge numbers. Da, 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 da. He's going off at the mouth. And it was like, if you shut up for a second, we'll tell you. So he stopped talking. Dispatch, what are we looking for? He goes in his car, pulls up the dispatch TV radio. Goes, dispatch, what are we looking for? Uh, we're looking for a Latino male, jeans and a, and a, and a light shirt. And we're looking for a black male, blue jeans and a dark hoodie. Identical to what I was wearing. Wow. Blue jeans and a black hoodie. And I was like, so we got guys robbing the houses over here. So that's why we stopped you. He was like, I was like, so you stopped me because guys are robbing houses? Do I look like I'm robbing houses? I don't have no stuff with me. I don't got no, where can I be? If I'm robbing houses, I would have bags with me. Right. right? Like, come on, like, come on, guys. So... I didn't. I'm thinking this, but I didn't say it because, listen, <laughs> I already got a gun pointed at me. I don't need to open my mouth to say nothing else. Once yeah. you told me to shut up once, that was enough for me. Yep. I remember they didn't even pick up my phone off the street. I had to pick up my stuff myself. Of course. Um, they asked for ID. How my mom always told me I have ID on me no matter what. Yeah, same. Since same. I was a little kid, I always had an identification state identification card. So, you, God forbid, if something ever happened, you always knew where I lived. You always knew where I was. Well, the whole nine yards. And I picked up my stuff. My buddy kept asking me, bro, you good? You good? And I, I remember just taking a second, just breathing. Because it felt like for that moment, the thing was just going in a circle. I don't remember how they released us. I don't remember how we got out of the situation. But I remember walking back home. And I was like, bro, I just want to go home. Yeah, same. And same thing I thought. And he goes, "Bro, just call me when you look, call me. And I'll talk, we'll talk about it later." I remember getting in the house and I broke down. I just started crying, and my mother screaming at me, "What happened?" And keep in mind, my 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 dad worked nights. Yeah. My mom was home, and my, my mom was like, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" And I was like, "I got stopped by the cops. They pulled a gun out on me." And I remember seeing my mother's face. She, her face went from fear to anger, anger. in like 2.5 seconds. Yeah. She got on the phone. She called my father. My father came in his work van. He's on the clock. Supposed to be halfway across the two boroughs. He drove all the way home. Wow. Told work it was an emergency. He came upstairs. He gave me a hug. To which it me. was. Yeah. And he came upstairs and gave me a hug. And I was just sitting there crying. I was crying. because I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because I was angry. Yeah. And he gave me a hug, and he goes, you okay? He goes, look at me. That's all I care about. The fact that you're standing right here in front of me, that's all I care about. He goes, I always told you, you do anything you got to do to come home. He goes, now me and your mother, tomorrow, we'll take care of the rest. I never seen my mother so angry to walk into a preset ever in my life. And I didn't want her to go. I said, no, don't go. Don't just let it go. Let yeah. it go. She goes, no, absolutely not. I'm not letting that go. Hell no. I want to know who put a gun on my son. I was like, no, 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 no. I'll just let it go. We got to live here. I don't want no more problems. Yeah. Because I'm out here in these streets. The last thing I need to know is get my, now they know what I look get like. Recognized, yeah. And now, now they're just bothering me for no reason. I'll just let it go. 
let it go. My mother went down there because it was my mom. And she went down there and she raised a little bit of hell. She was approached by somebody in a higher rank. They told her that the story was true, that people were breaking and entering in the area. The person that stopped, they would, never, they would not tell her who stopped us. They would not tell her who, who was patrolling that area that night. They wouldn't tell her anything. All they did was tell her the dispatch was real. Um, and there was nothing that they could do. So my mom was like, my son could have been shot last night. You still going to tell me that it's nothing that, can, that you guys could have done? My man, honestly, we, we don't even know who stopped your son. And that, from that day forward, I always knew if I ever had an encounter with a cop, I have all right to ask, what's your name? Mm-hmm. What's your badge number? Yeah. That's not against the law. You're asking me for identification. I'm allowed to ask you for yours. Yeah. You don't have to tell me your full name. I'll, can you just can you get your last name and last four digits off that badge? Yep. That's all I need. So I know who I'm talking to. Because God forbid if this goes the opposite way and I'll survive the scene another day, I know exactly who I'm going to to go for, talk about what happened. Right. So from that day forward, that's the secondary part to my lesson. Always get a badge number. Always get a, a name. Because if you don't, it just makes things more difficult for you. Right. And some of these young kids out here, take that story with you if you take it how you want. But don't ever be afraid to be angry. Yeah. When something like that happens to you. It happens to us a lot. It's going to happen to you when you drive. It's going to happen when you're walking, when you're riding your bike, when you're hanging out just on a stoop, chilling with your friends. It's going to happen to you a lot. For some of us, less than others. But if you're in a high-frequent area where activity goes on a lot that you know about in the area, just stay away from that activity. Yeah. Don't put yourself in those situations. This is just part one. We definitely going to do a part oh, two. Oh, for sure. For sure. It and goes deep. Oh, it definitely does. And and maybe part two we'll have somebody here to, to speak and oh, yeah. we can open up a little more. Um Hell, maybe maybe we'll make that one live and we'll get some callers in. Absolutely. Um, but once again, before before we close out, this isn't about bashing. This isn't about putting anyone down. This is just our experience, our thoughts, and not only to open eyes to everyone, but to understand that once again, we're we're not alone. We all live on this blue marble, and life isn't easy for a lot of us. Life is difficult. Life is stressful. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are there for our well being. So, um, once again, um, I want to thank you for being open. Uh. And uh, yeah, we're really we we definitely will touch this again. So, uh, Rod, your socials, bud. Well, first off, thank no. you for being so transparent. Oh no, thank you for we being do. so open to do this episode. I know how difficult it was, and how skeptical we was about doing it. Yeah, um, we didn't want to ruffle any feathers. This is a fairly new show to this network, but we felt like we would do be doing not only our community a disservice, but the people of the world a disservice. Yes, if we did not get the chance to speak. And talk about these tough situations. That's Absolutely. what we're here to do. Yeah, um, it'll be taxing on our mental health. Right. Exactly. So, so, thank you for that. 
well, you can always guys always find me at Rod Rod Banks at on Twitter and Rod underscore Rod underscore Banks on Instagram. If you would like to follow Behind the Barricades Facebook page, which is a wrestling podcast that I do, um, you can follow it Behind the Barricade One on fit on Instagram, Behind the Barricade One on on Twitter, and Behind the Barricades on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me at Mr. Marvel Eight Seven both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow the Council of Commentary Facebook page. That is the Facebook uh, wrestling group that I am a part of. The podcast is the Four Corners of Commentary. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at CO Commentary, on Twitter, Facebook at the Council of Commentary, and on TikTok you can find us at Council of Commentary. Uh, make sure that you follow this show. A different angle um, on Instagram and Twitter at a d a that's a d a pod twenty twenty three, and we will be doing a mailbag episode. So if you have any statements, any questions, you can either DM us on those pages or you can email us at a d a pod twenty twenty three at gmail dot com. That's a d a pod twenty twenty three at gmail.com guys thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you and please give us your feedback let us know what you think once again you could just dm us or send that email but understand that we appreciate you we love you you are not alone and make sure that you are following your gut i want to make sure that that's said Mm -hmm. so with that being said rod hit him with it listen if you guys looking for a different angle we're the guys to give it to you it's been a different angle. We love you guys. Peace. Peace.